Hi, this is Ars Blog, and you're listening to the Full 90 Gooner Podcast. This is Carnu feeding Henri. It's still Gianni Henri, and it's 2-0, and that might do it for Arsenal now. everybody what's up welcome to another full 90 gooner podcast my name is mario as you may well know and uh sorry we're a bit late uh at doing this podcast uh we ran into some troubles with scheduling but hey just because we ran into some obstacles doesn't mean uh that we're just gonna go ahead and quit and stop absolutely not i made I made a promise to myself that I am going to continue with this project and have some fun and uh, just, you know, put put my opinions out there, even though sometimes I think my opinions are stupid. But hey, that's why they're opinions, right? Um, I, I obviously respect more of opinions of like Ryan and AJ and Elliot and, and all those guys because they're smarter uh, when it comes to this sort of thing. But yeah, the, the you know... um. The reason why we're doing this is because we couldn't get our schedules to work, as, as as you guys know. Ryan, pretty much everyone else that's on this podcast is in the U.S., and then I'm in Canada and time differences. Not to mention that uh, I, I do some refing, and my schedule just got totally revamped because of the... Uh, the schedule they moved me to another field even though it was a youth game and it doesn't really matter but hey they're they're they they have to do it right so i had to go out and we we couldn't find a time to do it but we're here it's a wednesday if you're hearing this or if you're hearing this tomorrow it'll be a thursday or whenever else that you uh that you're listening uh either way we do appreciate you guys uh taking us along in your car ride or your workout uh or maybe you're at work listening to uh, to us, but thank you very much, guys. We appreciate it. It's midweek. Uh, no midweek games yet. Um, week three is in the books. It's down and dusted. Arsenal were able to get three points finally. There was a few scares here and there, but for the most part, it was it was a three-one defeat to West Ham. We had the return of uh, Mister Jack Wilshere and Lucas Perez uh, and. Uh, that's it. No, Fabianski. No, right? Yeah. Yes, Fabianski. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I had to think there for a second. Um, but yeah, obviously you heard Ryan on here, so uh, let's let's get right into it. Ryan, thank you for coming onto the podcast once again. How are you, my friend? Oh, good, Mario. Thanks uh, for having me. Uh, not that you had a choice, but good to be back. It's always, man. It's always if it's if it's not a podcast with Ryan Hennick, then it, I shouldn't even bother, you know, because you're you're the man with with the most common sense, with the with the tactical, you know, sort of views, and I love it. That's why I love talking to you about uh, about this game. And usually, for the most part, you stomp me on pretty much everything uh, that I say. <laughs> That's why I love it. Um, but yeah, man, how how's the week been treating you? How was the weekend? Uh, weekend was good. Um... Obviously, from an Arsenal standpoint, first three points under Unai Emery. So, um, progress there, even though was not always pretty um, at, at times on on Saturday, but we got the job done. And, um, yeah, I was in L.A. actually for the weekend. So, I watched it. Uh, I was Ooh. there for a wedding. So, I uh, had to watch it on the iPad uh, at 7 in the morning. But, um, 
yeah, nonetheless, uh, good weekend all around. So we, we, we go on towards Cardiff. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, I love the fact that you were watching it at 7 a.m. That's awesome. I love it. That's that's, that's some dedication. Uh, yeah. uh, tomorrow, or sorry, next weekend will be 5.30, so even earlier. Ooh, ooh, yeah, you got to hate those games. Um, yeah, so that's great. Like you mentioned, three points in, in the bag. Uh, a little shaky once again, but for the most part, uh, Arsenal were able to, to do the job well done. Uh, there's a few things that I wanted to discuss about this match uh, with you, but uh, overall, I mean, I guess let's let's start with uh, once again, you know, the starting lineup. Uh, uh, there's a few changes in there, uh, mainly in in midfield where we do not see Mesut Ozil because of an apparent um, illness, and I say that with air quotes. Um, I wanted to, t- to discuss with you a little bit further uh, on that, but later on in the podcast. So, you know, you had Aaron Ramsey, who was back, uh, and then still no Torreira uh, and still no Lacazette, uh, which is kind of surprising. But um, were you surprised w- with with the chosen lineup for this match once again, or were, or are you accustomed to it now, three games in? Uh, a little bit. I was a little disappointed to see uh, both Torreira and Lacazette miss out on the start. Um, again, you see uh, Guendouzi gets the third straight consecutive start, um, and yes, yeah, so I, I think I think the impact Lacazette has has had off the bench um, probably warranted a start. And I think obviously the impact he had coming on the second half definitely I think warrants a start. Um, you know, question maybe will be is he going to start with Obama Yang and when he does start is he going to start on his own? Um, I think the positive impact that both him and Torreira had coming on in the second half um, is a sign that those guys need to be in the starting eleven, and so it's going to be up to Emery to decide how he's going to you know fit them in and who's going to make way um, for those guys. I think you know clearly two very talented players who fit a specific role and have a very high level specific set of skills that really need to be utilized from, from the off. Um, and uh, so that, that was a surprise, but again, it's, it's three games in, I think what we've seen with Emery with his starting, starting 11s and his decisions for substitutions is he's looking to see what he's got. Um, and he's not going to, um, you know, take it game by game on, on if a guy doesn't perform, he's not going to you know then bench him. Um, but if he's not performing from the start, he's not afraid to make an early substitution and change things up in order to, you know, go and win the game. So I, that's that's something we're not accustomed to. You know, Wenger was was pretty much couldn't make it wouldn't make a substitution before 70 minutes, regardless of what was happening. And now we see uh, in this match, especially, um, we had Wobi come off at halftime for Lacazette. Uh, Guendouzi got an early sub, um, you know, what, 55 minutes maybe? So we had two subs um, before 60 minutes, which shows me that, uh, you know, it depends how you look at it. Either Emery got the starting 11 wrong, which I think based off evidence on the first half, that that's a fair argument to make, but or that he... Um, 
realized that he got it wrong and was not afraid to make quick changes in order to remedy that. So, uh, but again, I think we're going to see, he doesn't really know what he's got yet in, in all these players and, and the system he's trying to implement. So um, until everyone's kind of given their chance and shown what they can and can't do, I think we're going to, we're going to see some kind of surprising, maybe head scratching decisions on who starts, but also um, we know that, we can expect some quick subs if those guys who have been selected aren't performing. What did, um, there's a couple of, of, of performances that I wanted to ask you, um, now that we're three games in and obviously, uh, the last few couple discussions have been around uh, certain players. Uh, certainly for this match, because of the way we were speaking about last podcast, um, and on the WhatsApp group uh, is Xhaka's performance. Um, I, uh, you know, I was maybe a little bit uh, overcritical of, of Xhaka and his performance, um, but I understood now uh, as, as I sort of focused on him and his playing abilities, um, he, is, is it a fair assumption for me to say that he's probably the best passer on the team right now on the starting eleven? Um, yeah, I mean, especially with, with, I think Mesut Ozil out of the team. Um, I think in terms of just passing accuracy and being able to pick his head up and, you know, break those lines and, and, um, speed up play and get us into our attacking, um, third, I think absolutely he's our, he's our best midfielder at doing that. Um, I think you see the difference against a team that is going to sit back a bit and we're going to have the bulk of possession, I think that we're, that's where you're going to get the best out of Granit Xhaka. So the question is, of course, when you're playing against a high-pressing team, a high-tempo team like a City, like a Liverpool, Tottenham, um, you know, that's where he's going to struggle a bit and some of his flaws are going to get exposed. But when you have the ball, when he's got time, when he's got some active players moving around him, popping into spaces like a Mkhitaryan, you know, uh, Obama Yang, Lacazette in the second half can kind of drop into those little gaps. He's yeah, he's, he's got fantastic technique and vision to find those players. And, and all of a sudden the, the tempo picks up and now, now we're switched on, we're turned up and we're, we're attacking with, with intent and with pace. Yeah. I, I definitely, saw more of what you were saying um and it was very interesting to see and i was just like i was looking at myself i'm like god damn it like ryan was right all along like <laughs> you know he's, he's 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 just he's doing some fantastic passing um it just seemed a little more um like slowed down in the way that he was moving himself and uh he did he didn't get a yellow card at all uh this match so so there's there's some promising signs uh but uh but yeah no i i focused on him a lot more uh this match so it was it it was it was good it was good i i mean i genuinely hope he continues and 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 the more that he continues i think the more he'll start growing into this role uh which will give uh unai a a headache uh when it comes to choosing uh, the, you know his his starting midfield lineup, um. So it, it was it was great to see. It was great to see. Um, the the other one that I really wanted to focus on, I I don't think he did too bad this match was Bellerin. Um, he had an assist, uh, with a goal, um, which was which was great to see. Um, but I can't. I'm I'm trying to think. 
uh, I don't think he did too many errors or did too many, you know, bad things that would warrant us getting upset uh, with him. What, what what did you make of his performance? I know that we've been very critical of him as of late, so I just wanted to see if you saw anything different this match. Well, um, if you look at a majority of our attacking um, movements, they came up the right side. So I think that's um, played a huge part. And he actually got two assists. You count the first one for Nacho, which was his cross that, that came all the way across to him. And then the, uh, the third goal for Welbeck's who got the assist. Um, so I think it's clear in Emery's system how important that fullbacks are. But really in this, these first three matches, the role that him and Mkhitaryan have, have played, um, you know, in those combinations, um, sometimes Hector has kind of played in field. So kind of the underlapping um, run and Mkhitaryan's played some nice little slide passes, you know, down into the channels, which Hector has played back for, for cutbacks that have been effective. But uh, I think defensively, um, I, I've been highly critical of him. Um, I'm not, I'm not as critical, you know, when he's, he gets caught up field. So I think that's what he's being asked to do. He's, he's basically playing as a, as a winger, whereas Mkhitaryan's kind of a, you know, uh, inside winger. He's, he's not on the touchline, but, but Bellerin has to play that role. And so when we get caught off and, and lose possession, when, when Hector and, and, uh, Mkhitaryan are both fully forward, um, it's tough to to expect him to do a lot more in that situation because you know he he's like I said he, he's fully in the attacking third. So when we turn the ball over in the middle of the park with him up there, it's going to be hard for him to obviously get back and have an impact defensively. But it's also going to be hard, I think, to blame him, um, you know, because he's he's not giving the ball away. He just happens to be in a forward position, and when the ball is given away in midfield. Uh, I don't. I don't think you can expect for him to do much to get back. That's where, obviously, we, we got to be tidier in possession, and that's where our defensive midfielders have to remain diligent, stay back, cover those spaces that the fullbacks vacate, and understand that when they're forward, we can't. It can't. It can't be that everyone's forward except that you know, two center backs. Somebody is got to stay back and fill those gaps um, and take up those positions. So I, I think for him that I've been critical on, I think this is a fair criticism in my opinion is that his defensive technique in one, one V one situations is very, very poor. Um, he's a good athlete. He's not a great athlete. Um, I'm contesting the fact that he's this world-class sprinter and one of the fastest players in the league. I, I, I think that's a fun, cute narrative that was kind of spun a few years back with Theo and the whole Usain, Usain Bolt thing. Uh, but if you actually look at him in, in, in head-to-head sprints, um, just watching him, he, he, he doesn't have really that breakaway speed and he, and he doesn't really use that uh, to, to, catch up to attacking players and to blow by defensive players. Um, and he got caught out a few times defensively, one V ones, I think for uh, early in the match against Antonio. Um, again, it's not that he 
doesn't have the ability to. I think he's a pretty good athlete. Problem is his technique. He stands completely upright. If you watch him engage an attacking player in a 1v1, watch his body shape, right? And this is this is something doesn't matter what sport you've played or watched growing up. You know, I, I can show, tell you from a basketball perspective, we call it getting into a defensive position, right? Where you, this is, this is basic stuff you're taught as a kid. You, you bend at the knees, you sit your ass down, and you get into a position. You can't defend, you can't move quickly or dynamically if you're standing upright. You know, try, just try doing it, try doing anything. Try, uh, you know, lifting weights, putting, <laughs> putting something in a cupboard. If you're standing upright, you're not going to get any quick movement, quick burst. And to me, that that that's his problem. I don't I don't know that he's been taught properly how to actually defend. Um, I think he relies too much on his pace, and he thinks he can recover. But the problem is at this level, there's guys just as fast, if not faster, than him, and a lot physically stronger than him. So when he tries to recover, they're already by him. They put a shoulder they put a shoulder down into him, and he can't recover. So um, that's something I, I think he's he's been very poor at. And I don't, I don't, haven't seen a huge improvement from him um, on that front. Um, attacking and, and contributions going forward, I think he's an extremely important player for us, and I think that's shown. Um, but I, I'd like to see an improvement just on his technique and ha- and take a little more pride, a little more um, focus on defending wide players in a one v one situation because. You know, there, there's going to be a, t- a lot of situations with him this year where he's going to be exposed and kind of on an island. And he's going to, you know, he's, he has to defend better um, for us to make an improvement um, in the league. It's just that simple. It, it Wasn't his position originally a winger? Um, yeah, I believe, yes, it was. He came up through Barcelona as yeah. a, you know, um, I, don't, I don't know if they have too many fullbacks that they, they train from the get-go. They kind of have midfielders and wingers that end up being fullbacks because mm-hmm. they, they want them to, you know, to pass like midfielders and then they, you know, kind of, okay, figure figure out the defending part after the fact. But I think, you, yeah, I think you can tell he's, he's not had that a, the natural instinct as a defender, but B, I think the coaching and the training and the commitment. Um, and I, th- I think that's what it comes down to. I think, I think it's, a, I think it's a small thing. Um, it's, it's a physical thing, but focusing on, okay, when you come up to a guy, you can't stand straight up. You can't be static and upright. You, that you're going to get you're going to get burned and, and rinsed every single time. Doesn't matter how fast you are, because once you try and then get down to sprint, he's already past you. He's already got a step on you, and at this level, you're 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 done for. So, yeah, it's interesting that uh, I mean, you know, the onus has got to be on the coaching staff as well for not. I mean, come on, man, you're a professional club. Why haven't you? taught him the basics of how to defend you know type of thing so yeah and that's 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 something i think i'm going to be interested to see knowing that emory is detail focused he's he's he loves studying analyzing film analyzing tape and tendencies that's something that's got to be um you know and there's there's performance analyst coaches at arsenal that literally all they do is they chop up individual um instances and matches you know they'll have Hector 1v1 situations, covering situations, uh, you know, with the ball 1v1 situations. So um, knowing Emery's uh, attention to detail and focus on that, I think it, it, there's, there's no way this is not being um, known to the coaching staff and, and therefore known to the player. Question is, is it, 
is he going to take, you know, heed of it and, and listen to it and realize that um, he can improve upon it and become a, a, an elite fullback. Cause he's not there yet. Um, but he's got the ability to, if he, you know, if he wants to. Maybe he's just really focusing on his uh, Instagram modeling career. Who knows? Those I mean, are... listen, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think those two are conflated. I mean, I think, um, you know, but let's again, let's give, let's give the coaching staff the opportunity to hopefully recognize that as an as an opportunity for growth, and the player um, is is given that instruction and then hopefully can improve. Yeah, most definitely. It'd be interesting to see uh, how. Uh how he picks up uh, in the games to come. Um, now, focusing a little bit on the, on the match as a whole, uh, I, I, I think what may, maybe the first, de- definitely at least the first 30 minutes of the game uh, were kind of concerning uh, to me in terms of, uh, you, you know, West Ham is, is you know... <laughs> The thing is with EPL teams, you can't you can't really like, any at any point in time any one of these teams. And I think this is why I love this league so much, is that even if you're a lower team, they can still turn up. I mean, look 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 at look at the match between uh, you know Manchester United and and the lower team of Tottenham. I'm just. <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding, uh, but you know, like I'm, I'm in a serious note, like you know Huddersfield, right? Um, not not all the opposition are are gonna be easy or to you know you, arsenal i don't think uh now for for many people certainly uh people that criticize us like i know a couple of my friends that say well you know i i certainly they were telling me eh, you know i wonder if arsenal are gonna win or gonna lose their third match like we're not used to hearing that but um it was certainly concerning against west ham when they were pressing a lot i think arnaltovich uh if he would have been on his a game uh, he could have scored a lot more goals uh, than he did of of his of uh, instead of that one goal. So I guess what I'm really trying to say or get at here to 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 move on uh, in this discussion is, it, 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 how concerned are you that even you know the quote unquote lesser team is able to put so much pressure on Arsenal? Um, but I, I get we still we still managed to get the the, the W. Don't get me wrong, but there's got to be some concern there that you know you're you're playing a lower a technical you know quote unquote lower opposition team but still having this trouble whereas you know if you play like a bigger team you know the the, the top four contenders i guess um will struggle like crazy like what, what do you what do you think like do you read into that well what what stood out to me and this is something that this has been a deficiency of, of the club for, for a few years now and, and will continue to be until it's addressed in, in probably multiple transfer windows, but is how physically and athletically limited Arsenal are. Look at, look at the play, look at the goal for West Ham's goal. You look at Felipe Anderson, just absolute out-sprinted everyone in midfield. Um, defenders were were terrified of, of trying to step to him. Mustafi kept backing up, backing up, backing up. No, no resistance, no impediments whatsoever to his run. He was just a straight line sprint um, to get it into our box. Um, right. And then um, you look at a player like him, Felipe. Now, listen, he costs 40 million pounds. So West Ham are sitting bottom of the league after three matches, but they have class players. They have guys with, with 
great athleticism, great ability, great skill. You mentioned Arnautovic, the guy, Masuaku on the left. Uh, okay, probably not the best defender in the world, but he's got tons of skill, uh, tons of pace. And we we looked, you could arguably say we looked the lesser athletic team, and that that's against West Ham United. Um, and so that that's a big concern. That that's where you look. You look at the team. You look at Liverpool. You look at City. You look at Tottenham. They got dynamic athletes at every position. Um, they're they're hardly outrun. They're hardly out sprinted. They're hardly um, you know outworked. And that that's something that um, especially in the middle of the park, I still think we need to address. You look at Guendouzi, who was who was trying to chase. I believe it was Arnautovic. The second half was right before he got substituted. Just, he he just couldn't couldn't run. Um, you know, he's a 19 year old kid who's been playing in, in the second division in France, his whole career up until this point. So, you, you, you know, you, you kind of understand that, but, um, you know, who, who is our ultra elite athlete, I, you know, in the midfield or the back line, um, you know, Ramsey, okay. Ramsey's got a good engine. He's got good stamina, not exactly an elite sprinter or, you know, ground eater. Right. Um, I think the closest guy to it previous years has probably been Francis Coughlin, um, just in terms of pure athletic ability. Um, so that that's something that's that's lacking. Uh, I think it's painstakingly obvious, and it's something that's not going to get addressed uh, immediately. It, it, that's going to take a year or two of, of transfer incomings and outgoings to really get on par with the top teams in Europe. Um, so that that's that's what stands out to me, even against these these lower half teams, is that we're we look athletically and physically at times we look like a lower half team, and that's you, you think to yourself, hold on a second, we've we've got you know the fourth highest wage bill, we've got all these commercial revenue streams, you know obviously the the the, um, the resources, the uh, traditions, you know why why are we so far behind? Um, and, and looking second best to a team like West Ham um, when it comes to just getting the best. I mean, the old Arsenal days, you had, you had, you know, you had Henri's, you had, um, you had Ashley Coles, you had Colo Torres, um, Gilberto, Patrick Vieira. These guys were the absolute elite, elite, not only technically, but more important physically. And that's, that's how we became the best team in, in England is, is that combination. And quite simply, we've fallen, we've fallen so far behind in that category. Um, and, and until that gets addressed, um, we won't be able to, A, play the style that Emery wants, more importantly. Um, and so it's, it's, it's going to take, take a few years, assuming Emery gets that flexibility, um, to address those gaping holes in the squad. Yeah, because I mean, do you, do you, who do you hold? I guess accountable. I guess I I, I should we, um, probably know the answer. It's 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 the ownership, right? I mean, you can't really hold. Well, I don't know if you can hold Arsene Wenger accountable because he did bring in all those strong players, the Henri's, the Toure's. Like, uh, does it come down to to the ownership? Especially like like you know, what about if Buddy Boy here, Cronky? You know, I don't, I don't know where we're at, where he is with that, with the whole takeover. But uh, like, could that be years, like years to come of the same thing? Well, well, going forward, and again, this is where the, this new 
hierarchies in place of, of you know, the uh, scouting system with um, um, Sven listens hat, right? He's, so he's, he's identified, he needs to identify these players. So the first and foremost, it's on him to say, first of all, you know, obviously he's going to have some uh, collaboration with, with Emery. Okay. Here's the type of player I want for these positions. He's got to have these characteristics. He's got to be able to run side to side. He's got to be able to, you know, pick out a pass. He's, he's got to be physical. He's got to be able to tackle this and that, whatever. Um, that goes to the Melissa Tat, who then has had to identify players um, that are not currently in the team that meet those characteristics, right? Then it's up to uh, Raul Sinlehi to get get the deals done, right? Contracts, transfer fees, all that stuff. So, so it's um, again, that's why it's going to take multiple transfer windows for the and 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 this is a this is Arsenal squad over the past eighteen months has gone a a radical overhaul of, of player personnel right i mean you look at the players who have left the club and c- came in over the last season and a half and, it, and it's almost unrecognizable right so um and even then even still with all that turnover um you, you, we're still very far behind so that's why i say it's not something where you can fix in in a transfer window or two really it's it's um because you you know, it's, it's, this is not FIFA we're playing. I don't mention that, but you can't just, you're not going to get nine, 10 players in and 12 players out and said, okay, here we go. We get, we've got our, we've got our fantasy 11. Uh, it's just not, it's not realistic. It's not, it's not possible quite simply. So um, again, it goes, I think the, the theme of the season uh, on this podcast in general is patience and trusting the process. Right. So we all wanted, we all wanted change. We all wanted Wenger gone. Um, whether respectfully or disrespectfully, but we wanted change. We thought change is necessary. So this is change. Um, and with change, there is a learning curve. There is bumps along the road. There is, uh, it takes time to implement change um, in a organizational fashion, right? There's, there's so many moving pieces, so many pieces, different personnel that have to um, make their impact on this, on this club. But that's not going to happen overnight. And certainly with crafting a, a squad that is going to look more like a Liverpool or Man City, um, quite simply, is going to take it's going to take years. So that that's where we're at. And um, in the meantime, you know, Emery's got to figure out how he can get the most out of the players that he has. Um, if those players can adapt and become different players than, than what they were under Wenger. Um, and if they can't, then he'll need to find or, or recommend we find somebody that can, and then those players won't have a role in the club anymore. That's just, that's just how it works. Um, and so that's, that's what he's, that's what he's trying to trying to flesh out right now is, is who can do what, uh, who can't do it regardless of what he's asking of them. And, um, yeah, so that that's kind of the process we're witnessing in real time. Yeah, yeah, it's you got to stick you got to stick with the process. It's like working out. You're not going to see results right away uh until uh until you know, you keep going with it and then eventually you'll do see the results. So yeah, I I, I have to agree. Um does so, you know, three matches in, next ne- next match we got uh this coming weekend, week 4 or or match 4. Um does does Torreira and Lacazette start for you? Like, is it a must start? Um, 
I mean, I think, I think so. I mean, I think, I think you, you, you had the, the Gwendozi experience or uh, experiment, um, which did yield some positive results, but I just <laughs> think, you know, I think him taking him off so quickly to start the second half was a kind of a reality check, both for him and the player and no, no, no drama here. No, no sending a message or, you know, you're not good enough. He, he, he's the future and can be, but right now it's okay. You, you, you played three matches in a row. You're a 19 year old kid and, and you've played second division football in France up to this point. Now it's time. Take a, take a seat, uh, learn from the bench, you know, learn in training, see what a more refined version of, of this role looks like right in a Herrera, hopefully. Um, and, let's 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 bring in the big guns so to speak so you, pay, you paid 35 million for Torreira um you know clearly he's had, he's had three weeks of match playing and and multiple weeks of training um it's not a thing it's not a match fitness issue he 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 can start and if you can't if you can't play him against <laughs> arguably and I you know I'm sure they'll do something to disprove this. Arguably the worst team in the league by a long shot in Cardiff who have uh, yet to score a goal this season. Um, then you really can't, you can't start them against anybody. Right. So um, I, I, I hope we'll see that. Um, I, I don't really see a logical reason why he wouldn't start him. Um, Lacazette could be a little, a little trickier. Um, I mean, I think you, you see the obvious boost he get he gives us when he comes right, comes on right away. Um, he sets up the second goal, obviously, but just his his ability to drop a bit deeper and connect the attack from from midfield to the to the front. Um, he's a dynamic he's a dynamic forward. Um, he I think he allows Aubameyang to be a little more free and to be a little more. Um, be able to catch defenses off guard to run off shoulders. I think when Obama Yang's up there isolated, um, that's not really his game. He needs somebody else to kind of distract defenses, if you will. And I think that's Lacazette can do that brilliantly. Um, you know, so I, I think it's, again, it's a perfect opportunity against a, a quite honestly a poor side that, yeah, put, put your, put your most skilled players out there and let, let's, let's see what they can do. Let's see. Let's see them kind of get loose a little bit and, um, you know, let's try and score some goals. If, if we're again, open again and, and we need to win five, two, well, Hey, that's fine. Uh, let's, let's play to our strengths. Yeah. I mean, if Cardiff need a goal though, I don't know. They, you might want to score against Arsenal. I don't know. I, no, not, yeah. knock on wood, knock on wood. I'm just saying. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, you know, it's coming, you know, it's, you know, they'll, it'll be a, It'll be a set piece, uh, you know. One of their big hunking center backs will, will barrel forward, and and uh, that, that's that's probably how they're going to get it. But yeah, it's it's probably coming. But it's fine if we if we put four past them, we can we can give them one to yeah to make them feel better going forward. I'd be I'd definitely be happy. Um, but, but before we close off the game, I I I, I gotta do it. I, I gotta give I gotta give my boy uh, a little spotlight. My boy Danny, Danny's back. The Lord. The the freaking that guy. Le- that that guy that legend, uh, so happy uh, a to see him get a run out uh, and, and and b to score his goal 
Um, for a second there, a split second, I didn't know if he was going to score, though. This is Danny. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's just so happy uh, to see him on the pitch, still wearing our colors. Um, I'm, I'm glad that uh, that he stayed. And uh, lo and behold, he got a goal. Uh, so I, I hope it continues and, and, and he proves everyone wrong. I, I, don't, I don't know. Where, where are you on the Danny stance just quickly there? Like, what, what did you, what did you make of his, you know, performance, uh, even though it was not that long? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously took the goal really well. Um, it was, you know, had, had probably the most time he'll ever have inside the opponent's six yard box with the ball in possession. Um, <laughs> but Hey, rolled it back onto his left and finished nicely. No, listen, I think. I think a player like him, um, obviously dealing with so many injuries the past few years, but but I think the lack of pressure on him and the kind of lack of expectations with the addition of Aubameyang and Lacazette ahead of him, I mean, he's going to have important parts of play. He's going he's to get a ton of Europa League minutes. He's going to get, um, you know, with injuries and rotations, he's going to probably, you know, he'll be able to play on that left left wing um i think i think that's i think that's you look at some players um especially on successful teams players who are better than what their role is right so like if danny welbeck went to newcastle obviously he'd get a ton more minutes he'd start at center forward he'd get you know more goals all that but um his role for arsenal his role like was it was for man united was I think perfect for him. You, you got to have those guys who are a little bit better than, than the role they're playing. But when they, when you're asking them to play the role, they play it, they're effective. They bring a certain dynamic. Uh, Danny does bring a certain level of athleticism um, to, to that left flank. Um, so, you know, you br- if you bring them on the 78th minutes against a tired defense uh, to either, whether it's helping defensively or to help ice the game and, and just run at a tired defense, he's the perfect player for that. Um, and that's okay. Right. You need, you need guys like that to fill a role. And um, if you can get him to be an experienced level, like he is as opposed to like a 18 year old kid. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's a bonus. Yeah. I love him. I love him. Way to go, Danny. Um, I know that he listens to this podcast faithfully. Uh, <laughs> um before i guess we uh we close it out um anything else that uh, maybe you wanted to discuss uh or or have an opinion on uh, against west ham well you want to talk about ozo um or well yeah yeah it was go go, yeah that? well i was gonna i was gonna get into that and and you know laka and all that other stuff but but uh but yeah no um Let's let's get right into the Ozil thing then. Uh, so apparently, from what you what everyone uh, hears, or you know, we we don't like to. Well, certainly I don't like to look into uh, too much of um, you know news and uh, articles and and whatnot. People talking like thinking that they're in the know and and you know um, you know uh, uh, the official story is that Mesut Ozil was sick. There was an illness, and that's why he wasn't with the team. He didn't start. But then you start seeing these articles popping up um, saying that there's a fallout uh, with, with Unai Emery. Uh, and then they're, they're sort of – I don't, I don't know if it's because Unai Emery had the falling out with Neymar at PSG because a lot of these, these articles are mentioning this. I don't know if they're just trying to make 
things up about Mesut Ozil. Um, but it, it's it's got to be a, a little concerning. There's there's ones that are saying, you know, Unai Emery's got to make a decision on Mesut Ozil. Uh, will he stay? Will he go? What, what's... Ryan, what, what's your whole view on on this? Well, I mean, in general, uh, with with Ozil Ozil's situation, I think I think, um, I mean, listen, if he was ill, you know, he was actually sick. He had a actual illness. Um, then the fact that he was he was in the locker room an hour before kickoff makes no sense. Right. Because if you, you know, if you're if you're at if you're at your office and somebody's sick, the first thing somebody should say is get get the hell out of here. Go home. Yep. Drink some soup. Drink some drink some OJ. Take an emergency and, and just basically sequester yourself so you don't get anyone else sick. Um, it's And again, it's not exactly the heavy season for uh, for respiratory illnesses. I mean, it, it's. <laughs> You know, I, I'm not saying you can't get a cold in the tail end of summer, but it's not like we're in the middle of winter where uh, um, that's more likely. So, um, and if you listen to the reports, the, the guy who writes for ESPN Brazil, um, I was just listening to another Arsenal podcast, Arsenal Vision post-match podcast with Tim Stillman. Everyone who's listening to this knows Tim, of course. Um, he actually knows that journalist personally, like he, he said, he's been to his house, like he knows him. Um, he, and he basically said that reporter is not, he's not like a breaking news. He's not a, he's not a beat or a scoop type of reporter. He basically just does video content um, for ESPN Brazil. So he's not the type of guy to, he's not, that's not even his job is to report on those stories. So I, it, it would be odd for him if he was making that up. Because again, that's that, that's not what he gets paid for is to get these kind of scoops and breaking, you know, salacious stories like that. So that tells me that there's some definite truth to the to the report that he probably did have a bust up with with uh, Emery, and that's why he was dropped. And listen, uh, mentioned this in the past, uh, Emery is is and should hold every single player to the same standards. And he should have, he's got a vision of what the players need to do to be successful in his side. Doesn't matter if you're Ozil, doesn't matter if you're Ramsey, if you're Aubameyang, doesn't matter. If you're Gwendozi, you've, you've got instructions, you've got a certain way you need to play, you need to conduct yourself, um, a certain a certain work rate that you have to do. Um, and Mesut Ozil is not exempt from that. Um probably has been uh, his entire Arsenal career on some of those minute details, right, from, from Wenger. And that, that's probably a fair statement. So, um, and, and if Mesut Ozil is going to not get on board with that, uh, then he should be dropped. And he should be challenged uh, by the coach. And I think, I think hopefully what Emery learned from the whole PSG saga is if you give in to a player, you ask him to do something, or try and do try and get him to do something he may not innately want to do, um, and then you and then you go back on that. You kind of cower and say, "Okay, fine. You don't. You actually don't have to do that because you don't, you don't want to make them upset." Then you've lost all credibility. You you can then you can no longer that for Ryan. 
Hey, Ryan. I think we temporarily have lost Ryan, uh, <laughs> which is okay. I I, I, I do um, agree with Ryan. Uh, oh, hey, Ryan. Sorry. Oh, we kind of lost I you kinda, there. Sorry. Yeah. I had a, I had a call coming in. But uh, oh. um, basically the point is um, I, I if a training route did indeed happen, I like the fact that there was um, repercussions from it. And that needs to happen for any single player that's going to basically disobey or not. Now we don't know what the, what the bust up was. Um, and listen, Ozo could be dealing with a lot of things. He could be sick. I, I think he's um, being let down um, by his, by his German Federation, by his German teammates. Uh, I think he had a really kind of heartbreaking summer. I think He's, he's probably still dealing with that. So he may not be in a mindset right now where he can take criticism because he's probably felt like he's got a lot of unfair criticism and kind of the, you know, shit, everyone's against me right now. What the hell did I even do wrong? You know, this is bullshit. And so he could be going through something. I'm not saying it's, I don't want to speculate on it's depression or a mental health issue, but sometimes when you're in a mood, right, and you kind of feel like things are going wrong for you and the next thing that that kind of falls into that same uh, space. So this could be Emery, you know, getting on him in training. And then may, so maybe maybe he snapped at him and because he's not in the right men- mindset to right now be challenged critically and, and take it as a learning opportunity. But instead, he's he's still in the mindset of, God damn, now I got another asshole who's trying to tell me, you know, I'm doing things wrong or I'm this and that like, fuck this. Um and so, again, he's going to have a decision to make, both Ozil and Emery. Um, I, hopefully they have discussions, right, conversations, man-to-man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emery is going to say to him, hey, listen, I know you've been through some shit this summer. I get that. And I, I totally see where you're coming from. I'm not doing this to bust your balls and give you a hard time just for the sake of, of you know, giving you a hard time. I'm doing this because I want to make you – a better player. I want to make you the dominant player that I know you are. And here's what we, here's what I need from you. If, if you're going to carry this team to the places we need them, we need this team to go. Right. So hopefully they can have that communication, those, those earnest conversations. And, you know, um, cause if Ozil doesn't see Emery as a, someone he can trust or someone he can learn from, then he's always any criticism he gets or any, any, requests he gets from him he's going to see it as a no this guy's an asshole he's just trying to he's just trying to do me wrong just like yogi Lowe did just like the german fa did right but he should i mean he has no reason to believe that what he should do is see him as a this is a new guy who's trying to challenge me trying to get me to grow as a person as a as a player and develop even more than than i already have and if, if they have that understanding then Okay, then we can see something, but it, it, you know, something's got to give. Either either Ozil is going to respond positively, or he may not play, and maybe you know, and he, and if he's left by the wayside, even at three hundred thousand a week, then then so be it. That's what you got to do um, for the betterment of the team. Does does Ozil still have a like a a spot on this team? Like, is he needed? Uh, this despite 
you know, him being whatever, uh, if people still consider him a world-class player, like, I mean, uh, or, or should, or, you know, should we say, screw it, you know, let's part ways, you know, it was, it was, it was a great attempt at a, at a, what we considered a great player, but, uh, you know, if he's, and, and, and listen, we, we, we've always said, uh, this about Mezzarosa. I, I, I certainly have always said that, um, he doesn't really look like he wants to be there. Uh, so, you know, it, sh- sh- should we maybe just part ways with Ozo or should should we stick on? What do you think? Well, I, I think if you look at the way the, the game is going, right? Talked about it earlier, athletically, more fast tempo, most more all-around dynamic midfielders. Mesut Ozo doesn't really fit into that mold. Mm-hmm. He's he's clearly a, a now old-school number 10, um, you know, some people say luxury player, someone who's not, not that he's not going to work hard or run. He actually does do that, but he's not going to um, get a ton of tackles or interceptions. He, he's, he's very much a, he needs the ball. And then when he gets the ball, he can create magic. Um, so yeah, the question is, does that type of player fit into Emery's system? I think the answer is to be determined um, by looking at it. Yeah, the style I think he wants to play, I think that the short answer is probably no. Um, but that doesn't mean, again, can, can Ozil turn over a new leaf? Can he become, can he add a certain dimension to his game, which you get the brilliance, creativity, but also a little bit of um, dynamism and kind of two-way player? Um, I think that remains to be seen, but I think that's what Emery is going to request of him and i think that's what ozil is either going to make a decision do i embrace this and challenge myself and and see that this is actually better for me as a player and better for the team more importantly Mm -hmm. or is he going to go back and say hold on i'm mezzet ozil here's what i've accomplished i've done just fine doing the things the way i've done it before no i'm not doing this get me out to you know PSG or who knows, right? Um, again, I, I think it, what's interesting is I don't know how big of a market there is for an old school number 10 who is very um, set in his ways. Now, again, I don't want to be unfair to him and say that he is. Maybe he's not. And again, maybe all this can be resolved um, over the next few months. And it, it's, a, it's a learning experience, but, but that, that's going to that's gonna play out over the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be definitely interesting to see how things um, develop with Mezet Ozil, if indeed there was any rift. Um, but once again, ladies and gentlemen, we give you our opinions and and provide you with uh, with what we think, you know. Um, but we pass the question along to you guys is, what do you make of all these uh, speculations about Unai Emery and this quote unquote bust up that might have happened in the training ground. Uh do you guys find that it's uh that that it that there's course for it? Uh let us know your comments. I'm very I'm I'm definitely very interested in, in what you guys are thinking about this one because it's probably gonna be a talking point uh in the weeks to come. So let us know your opinions uh on this. Uh, moving right along yeah to to another sort of kind of uh uh, transfer or out speculation is uh, Alexander Lacazette uh, considering 
his exit from Arsenal uh, as he grows frustrated with the lack of games under Unai Emery. Now, depending on where you hear these sort of things, um, you know, like once again, I am one that does not really uh, answer uh, oh, sorry, not answer, listen to these uh, articles or, or what have you. But um, it, it's certainly very interesting because it, it is. It, it's, out, it's out in the news about a player at our club who looks like he's very satisfied with the club, who looks like he's, um, you know, putting in a, a good relationship with uh, with players, especially Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, uh, no matter how you see that, uh, you know, he, he's like, I don't know. Like I, I, I wanted to talk to you about this, Ryan, as well. Um, what do you think about you know Alexander Lacazette considering an exit from Arsenal? Well, I mean, I think it's natural to assume a player that was bought for over fifty million pounds, um, who if he isn't starting. Premier League matches, which is the reason he, he came in the first place last season. Um, naturally, you would the player would would not be happy with that, um, and eventually, if that doesn't change, would probably look for a move away to quote unquote guarantee first team football as much as you could possibly do that. Um, the reason I don't put a lot of stock in that right now is if is you, you look at his attitude, you look at his performances and his effort when coming off the bench. It does not um, identify as a player who's unhappy, who's pouting, who doesn't want to be there. That looks like a player is like, okay, um, you know, I, I see what you're doing. You you want to you want to look start with me on the bench, no problem, coach. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you why it's a mistake to leave me on the bench um, and not start me. And mm-hmm. I think that's what he's done. I think that's that's all you can ask of any professional, um, especially a guy, you know. But look, again new coach who comes in there's going to be changes there's going to be discomfort there's going to be some awkward moments of players who who, who do start and who don't start i mean i don't think any any of us um if you had said before the season started we're going to start a 19 year old french kid who's only played in the second division of france his whole career um he's going to start the first three games of the season we've been like what the fuck are you talking about um <laughs> So there's going to be these moments, but I, again, I, I think you look at the response, you look at his impact since he has come on, and that's those are positive signs. And um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, if he doesn't start, <laughs> uh, he's not going to be happy with a cameo role playing 30 minutes off the bench every match, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's something that. Um, but again, um, it's going to be up to the coach. Does he does he see Obama Yang and Lacazette starting together? Is that part of his plan? Is, is is that something he wants to do, regardless of, of what we paid for him? He probably doesn't care um, if if that doesn't fit his system. So uh, again, it's another one to watch this space. But we we one of those kind of uh, um, those transitional changes that we have to wait and see over time what it looks like. Yeah, because according to one of these articles that I'm reading. Um, you know, the transfer windows in Spain, France, and Germany do not close until Friday. Um, mm-hmm. You know, surely there's there's no way. Uh, but then again, you never know, right? I mean, the chances no, of no, him he, leaving. He's, he's not going to leave this window. I mean, yeah. um, just from a, I, a, I don't think he wants to. I think that's 
probably nonsense to sell papers and, and get clicks on the international transfer market, right? Because they, mm-hmm. they still have to create some buzz. I think that's really all that is. But B, we don't have, we didn't bring anyone in to, to replace him. So there's no mm-hmm. way um, we're going to do that and play with basically, you know, two strikers um, up until January. So I, I think that's that's a non-starter for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I'd have to uh, agree with you. I don't think he'll be leaving this uh this transfer window or i mean in the foreseeable future but then again you never know guys we passed that along that question as uh as well to you guys what do you think uh on on this whole transfer thing that alexander lacazette wants out let us know uh your thoughts on this one uh, a couple of uh little stories here uh that that have been making headways i think as of as early as today um Reese Nelson, uh, looking looking like uh, you know they were they were talking about some things as him leaving uh, for Hoffenheim, uh, some 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 clubs out there, um, but uh, it it looks like it, it might it might be a loan deal as we're trying to sign him to a long term contract. Um, Ryan, is there any truth to this story that uh, Reese we might be losing out Reese Nelson? Well, um, it's funny, in the morning, at least when I saw this, it was Ray Nelson's leaving Arsenal permanently. Mm. He's going He's going to Hoffenheim. Arsenal are shambles. He's the most talented youngster we've had in, in decades. Um, what are we doing? Why can we sign him? To, you know, we can't sign these players for long-term deals. What What is, you know, what is um, Huss Fami, Listen Tats, all these guys, right? They, they're awful. What, what, a, what a joke. And then, as the uh, story develops, um, he's going to Hoffenheim, but it's on a loan after he signs a new five-year deal with Arsenal. And then it's, oh, it's brilliant. I mean, yeah, go to Germany, go to Nagelsmann and Hoffenheim, develop. Um, he needs game time, absolutely. That It'll be perfect system for him. So um, it's funny how that narrative changes with, with a – albeit major detail included into the story. But I, I think it's, I think if that's <laughs> indeed the case, if it's a loan, uh, I think that's a good move for him. I mean, I think you look at, just look at Jaden Sancho at Dortmund, uh, who left Man City permanently to sign for them. He's playing major minutes, um, you know, for Borussia Dortmund starting games and he's, you know, 18 years old. Um, so I think, mm-hmm. it, I think it's a, I think it's a brave decision for Nelson to go outside of the country um, and develop under a certain, a different system, a different uh, emphasis on, on style of play. And, and yeah. um, he, I think he could only benefit from that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is definitely a talent uh, to watch. And, and, and I hope we, uh, we get him on lock uh, as for one of the futures. Uh, I guess the other, the other one that was sort of making some headway uh, was Yaya Toure. Uh, apparently he's passed a medical in London. Claims his agent. Uh, yeah, he's going to Olympiacos. Olympiacos, yeah. Just yeah. seeing that. Uh, I know people were. Uh, as funny as agent quote tweeted somebody who had said West Ham, and then he's like, "No, yeah, yeah, will not play for the bottom team in the league. He is a champion or something." Like, <laughs> uh, poor, poor, poor West Ham. Even though they have nothing to do with anything, they still get dragged. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> would uh, would you have taken Yaya Toure if if it was true? 
I would have taken Yaya Toure like five years ago. Um, yeah, but definitely. Yaya Toure, present day, in the year of our Lord, 2018, <laughs> will, will, will not and could not help Arsenal, unfortunately. Br- brilliant player. I mean, back in the day. As a player, but currently, no. Unfortunately, he, he scared scared defenses when he was playing for Man City. Uh, some of his best playing times. Um, anyways, listen, uh, we have we have Cardiff uh, coming up on the weekend. Uh, should be pretty straightforward. What do you think? No, no, no Ryan. Sorry, no, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, listen, um, yeah, mentioned Cardiff a bit previously but yeah they're they're probably they'll probably go down with the likes of like blackpool derby county as, as <laughs> some of the worst historical teams in the in the premier league so um they have a huge talent deficiency just even even in they're in the, the next worst team mm-hmm. um, depending on who you think that is in the league so um you know we'll, we'll see upwards of probably 70 percent of the ball um i think we're They'll look to hurt us is going to be obviously a on counterattacks um, and then set pieces. So yeah. uh, basically the same playbook as any small team who they'll they'll look to they'll look to, to kick us up and down the pitch, make it uncomfortable for us. Um, which is why I'd like to see the likes of Lacazette and Torreira who can add a little more dynamism and um, skill to our attack. So when we ultimately get up against their, you know two banks of, of four we have um the ability to you know have that class that that skill that vision to to mm-hmm. pick out a pass and and break them down i think i think we will need that um and we'll need we'll need uh yeah we'll need our our, our star players to to really impose their will on this game against a lesser opponent that's that's what that's what you need it's what you expect um, even though, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be a cakewalk, it's an away match, so it's going to be difficult and, and uncomfortable and, and players playing in a new stadium for the first time. So it's all, it's all goes into it, but ultimately, uh, yeah, you need to, you need to go out and, and set the tone early and let, let the Cardiff players know that they're not anywhere in the same stratosphere as you. <laughs> and the longer you, longer you let them sit around and think that they can play at your level, then they'll start to believe. So I think I think the first fifteen minutes is, is as always key, but especially for uh, um, playing against a smaller, lesser talented side like this. Yeah, and uh, leave it to Arsenal to probably allow their first Premier League goals. Uh, yeah. But as long as, like you said, as long as that uh, they can have as many goals as they want, as long as we have more at the end of the match, and right. uh, that game will be on Sunday. And of course, as always. Uh, we will be back to uh, bring you our opinions and tactical uh, visions, as always. Um, join join in on the conversation, guys. Let us know your thoughts uh, and opinions, and uh, we can share those on the podcast, as always. Uh, you know, links are always in the description down below of where to find us. Uh, join our Discord group, as always. The link is in the description. And uh, we are on all... Uh, podcast platforms we're on apple itunes and everywhere else that you may think to get your podcasts um before we go though ryan i just wanted to talk to you one quick little thing um how surprised were you about the tottenham manchester united match 
Uh, I wasn't really surprised at all, to be honest. Um, I think Tottenham are the better team. Um, I think Mourinho's lost all ability to kind of out tactical another manager. I mean, he, you know, freaking started with Andrew Herrera in a back three. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I ne- never want to see Tottenham win, but a part of me was glad that. Uh, was, uh, they were able to inflict that upon Mourinho, and then Mourinho had the meltdown in the press conference. I uh, was amazing uh, talking about respect, which is hilarious because he's the most disrespectful prick probably <laughs> the game's ever seen. Um, I love it. So, um, yeah, may may it continue. May, not, yeah. not not the time I'm winning. Not, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the Mourinho meltdown part. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, that's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for you for this episode. Uh, on behalf of myself, Ryan, Elliot, and AJ, who hopefully both of those two guys will be back. Thank you for listening to another Full 90 Gooner podcast. We the Gunners. Peace out.